I just had a thought flash through my head and um, it's, a, it's a kind of response to the way people are speaking to each other in the world at the moment and, um, and, and, and that to a certain extent includes me. I'm not immune. I, you know, I try to be detached and philosophical and dialectic and all these wonderful words I always sort of go on and on with, you know, my zen that I'm aiming for and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, I would slip into opinion and all that sort of stuff and lecturing too, no doubt, if you went through my whole podcast. Um, I try not to, but I'm sure I would slip into that. But one thing I'm fairly sure of, of most of the world, um, and that includes me, you know, if I, if I, um, if you hypnotised me and got down to the root of, you know, how much insight I think I have compared to the population at large, um, maybe I do think I'm pretty smart. And a lot of us do, you know. Uh, but um, I think about 90% of people in the world think that they have a better grasp of what's going on than 90% of the world. Yeah, which obviously doesn't make sense, you know. So as you sit there, you know, maybe not yourself, but I'm talking about people like me maybe, you know, this is just a little moment of, you know, I think genuine humility. Look, I tend to think that I have a fairly good way of thinking and all that sort of stuff and a fairly good grasp of the, me- you know, the mechanics of the world you know, when I'm making this podcast. Um, I do check myself occasionally and say, hang on, Charlie, (laughs) you've listened to other podcasts and they put you under the table, and just about all of them do. I've listened to geniuses on podcasts and my podcast is nothing next to theirs. I know that, you know, I know that when I'm listening to these other people. And I mean all of them, bar one or two, and I don't even listen to the, those one or two. So all the other podcasts I listen to that I haven't spoken, those guys have a, an impossibly better grasp on the world and what makes it tick than I have. You know, but we've got this funny thing, we humans, where we tend to think, um, I think, and maybe it's a survival mechanism. You know, as I sit here, sometimes I find myself accidentally slipping into the following thought, colon, that I have a fairly good grasp. I have, I'm in the top 10% of thinkers in the world in, in terms of my ability to think things through and make sense, you know. And, um, and 90% of people don't, you know. There's a lot of dross out there. You know, now, there is a lot of dross out there, and I am, I do know that I'm higher than a lot of people in terms of my ability to think, but I don't think I'm in the ten, top 10%. Now, but the fact of the matter is I, I think, deep down, I think, I do emotionally think I'm in the top 10%, and that 90% of people will blow me, but then I think 90% of people think that, which is a very, which, which is... Um, which is very odd mathematics, you know, because only 10% of people are in the top 10%, but 90% of people think they are. So 80% of people who think they're in the top percent are deluded. And there's no way for me to know 
whether I'm one of them or not. Like, if you, listening to this, if you think you're in the top 10% of thinkers, how do you know that you're not one of the 80% who only thinks that? And then, you know, have you listened to a lot of other podcasts and sort of sat back and gone, oh, my God, there's so many smart people out there who know so much more than I do about how the world ticks, but not only that, how to think and all that sort of stuff, you know, and I catch myself out sometimes in that, you know, and say, oh, my God, hang on, no, I'm just a bloke chatting here and um, and all the ideas I'm having are... All the ideas I'm having are really me just regurgitating stuff I've heard. You know, it's like a menu of stuff I've heard. And I'm picking this bit out and, you know, I'm having that for, I'm having that for mains and that for entree and that for desserts and all that sort of stuff. And I'll have that as a little aperitif and a little glass of wine of that, you know, that sort of wine over there. You know, I kind of select my meal and I say, gee, I've made a good choice. You know, this is a nice meal. And you know what? I think it's the right meal. And um, and then, you know, if I was on social media, I know that I would um, be at risk of saying, look, everybody, listen up. This is the meal. You know, this is the way the world ticks. Um, listen up. I've got to get what's in my head across to you. Um, yeah, there's a certain lecturing style, you know, a kind of superiority that creeps in to the way we speak when we're talking about things like this, you know, the coronavirus pandemic that's on now. Um, I suspect, you know, I haven't actually seen it and I really haven't, I, I bet that a lot of the commentary flying around in, on social media is um, people who think that they've got... Um, the right take you know they've, they've made sense of it for themselves and um, a lot of the lang- you know, the grammar the language with which they get that across to all their um, all the people other people on social media the way they get that across you know what they think is common sense, you know, their superior sense of logic and all that sort of stuff and insight, the way they get across that to others would, and you tell me if it does or not, would, I bet, uh, be pretty much um, in the style of people who think they know more than everybody else. Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, but it's worth saying every now and again. Um, are people putting up memes and all that sort of stuff to lecture other people, to try and get common sense into other people's thick heads? You know, there'd be an element of that, wouldn't there? You know, just in the... You know, I almost feel like getting back on social media just to check. Um, I don't really get a good um, cross-section of social media anymore. I've got only two or three people who feed stuff to me from the world of social media. Um, And they are... um, They're not idiots, so they're only giving me the good stuff. So I'm missing the crap stuff, you know. So I'm getting a, a highly filtered version of what's on social media I'm only getting the good stuff so I'm not getting a very good cross-section you know um but I bet if I could see the lot there'd be some 
you know, I'll call it rubbish there. There'd be rubbish on there, but a lot of it would be people who think they've got common sense, you know, and, and they've got a grasp of everything, and they're frustrated and, uh, quite frankly, amazed that it's so hard to get what they know into the thick skulls of other people, you know. There'd be scoffing and all that sort of stuff. There's all these devices that people use, um, you know, the smirk, you know, the intellectual smirk. There'd be people sort of sitting back saying, oh, you're not worth talking to all you people. I'm never going to convince you because I have a superior insight and a superior intelligence and a, and a, a better sense of logic than you will ever had. Have, I have a better grasp of the world. Um, you know, and really, I'm just sitting back because I can't argue with you people. I can't even talk to you people because um, I have a superior—I have a superior grasp of everything. Um, there'd be those people, and there'd be also those people who keep hammering. Listen, people. You know, Scott Morrison must open the schools. You know, the way this virus should be controlled is this. We must do that. this, you know, you must do that. Scott Morrison should be doing this. I'm, it's absolutely ridiculous that he's not doing that. Yeah, and then someone else, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous that Scott Morrison's not coming down harder. You know, and then other people, it's absolutely ridiculous that he's, because he's going down too hard, you know. All these people are absolutely very certain of themselves because they've got a superior insight. They know more than the chief medical officer of Australia and more about the entire cabinet that is running the show, that is Australia, and they know more than all the scientists, you know. And why do they know more? Because they're humans, you know. But actually, they're just some, someone like me sitting in a suburb thinking he knows a lot you know, and that he's got some sort of special insight that he's in the top 10%. But um, there's no way for him to know whether he is in that top 10%. Or if he's in the other 80% of people who think they're in the 10%, but they're not. Look, it's, an, it's a Captain Obvious point, um, but it's good for me to pull myself up and, um, and keep that humility going, um, uh, you know, as right in the middle of talking, making a mini-series on this thing called coronavirus, you know. Yeah. And the idea of that is um, I'm here just watching. Yeah, and seeing what I can see, uh, and I've got to keep that Zen going that I uh, that I'm trying to get going, where um, I'm not, where you're not um, distributing largesse. Uh, I don't think I can put a bit of that. I like that, uh, and um, so without further ado, I'll probably distribute some largesse in the following. But it's only because I'm fallible. Okay. Where's the off button? It's not coming soon enough, is it? There's such an amazing amount of news. Big news. Coming through at present. And thick and fast and... Um, it's head spinning. I think this is bigger than September 11. Uh, the actual planes going in was, was a big thing. 
I still know where I was at that very moment when I heard about the first plane going in. I was listening to the BBC. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and I still know where I was uh, when the second plane went in. Which is, the, which is the plane that made my jaw drop. Because it was at that moment that we all, en masse, everyone who was watching at that moment in time all around the world, um, we all suddenly knew it was no accident. And um, it was an amazing feeling. Oh my, you know, you'd almost say, oh my God, like the teenagers do. Oh my God, you know, you'd say it. You would even say it with the accent that they say it in. Um, And uh, the current COVID-19 moment that we've got going on now um, is one of those moments. It really is officially now. It's it's full on. It's amazing. Now... (laughs) In this podcast, maybe not me in my personal life, but in this podcast, I detach myself from the noise of, you know, people bickering and arguing about, you know, should we close down the school, shouldn't we, all that sort of stuff, you know. Or should we have um, quarantined people from, you know, day one? Yeah, and and I get things coming across my desk, by which I mean texted to me. Yeah. Everybody note this well, you know. Um, Singapore is controlling this thing well. There are lessons for you. Be like Singapore. Note this well, everyone. You know, that lecturing style you get. People lecturing other people. Um, yeah, well, what people do on um, social media, you know, which, which is where this stuff emanates from, most of it, is they're sitting back listening to all the ideas. Then they pick a couple of ideas that work for them and then they start lecturing people on those ideas that they just got from someone else or from a few other people and uh, it's that lecturing style you know which oh no hang on hang on whoa 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 <laughs> I s- slammed on the brakes because I changed my mind and um, actually it's all safe food went everywhere. Just give me a second. Um, now, um, and it's all intact. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it's that lecturing style. Um, yeah, which is, which is not what this podcast is about, of course, you know. And, uh, this podcast comes across to me because it's I'm only I'm recording it only for me so I have to actually be my only critic you know um, because no one else is listening well at least I hope they're not and if you are please get off Uh, if you think that was a stupid thing to say and it makes you feel like getting off then good you're off either way I'm trying to turn you off this podcast because that's what the zen of this podcast is, to actually annoy you so much with comments like that that you will get off. And, you know, to which you might say, well, I will get off then if you're going to be an idiot. And I'll say, good. <laughs> and I've just manuf- <laughs> I've manufactured bad blood between you and me just like that. But at least I get to 
think aloud to myself, you know. But I still want it on the, um, in the ether. I still want it in the ether, all of this, my talk. Maybe so I can listen to it again down the track. I don't know why. Maybe for my kids, you know. But hey, kids, if it is you listening to this 20 years from now, I wish I had have done this while September 11 was happening. So you could, um, you could have some commentary in the moment. But, says Charlie, much later in the evening actually now, uh, because I do get interrupted. Um, but, but this is a moment of history too, just like that one. And I actually, as I say, think this is bigger. COVID-19 and this, um, what's big about this one is every hour um, a bombshell drops that in other times would be the biggest news in three months or maybe a year. Uh, just in the last hour, actually. Um, and I, I didn't set this up, but, the, you know, I, I could pick, I could do this any hour and, and there'd be a bombshell moment. But the bombshell moment in the last hour is um, that uh, probably for the first time in history, Australia has shut its borders to all foreigners, all foreigners, even from the UK. You can't come in unless you are a resident of Australia or a citizen of Australia. Sorry, it has to be both. A citizen of Australia. No, either, either. Citizen of Australia or a resident. You cannot come in, no matter who you are. Refugee, can't come in. You know. Now, that one thing that happened in the last hour, well, three months ago, if you had have told me just that one thing would be announced, I would not have believed it. You know, that that could even be possible. Yeah, because, you know, uh, what is it? You know, 120-year history of Australia, because that's how long we've been going, 120 years as a nation. Um, we've never had that, you know, where the borders have been closed. And if you want to talk about Indigenous Australia or colonial Australia, it's never happened in history. You know, I don't think the Indigenous peoples of Australia ever closed the borders. I'm pretty sure there was trade going on in between Timor and Indonesia and all that sort of stuff and the mobs up north. Uh, but if you had told me that... You know. Now, um, and I think it was about two days ago, uh, or one day, no, sorry, two days ago. I think it was actually yesterday. Um, Australian citizens and Australian residents were banned from leaving Australia. I actually, I can't leave Australia right now. I'm stuck here. Thank goodness, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, you know. Except China, actually, at the moment, because I think they've got COVID-19 under control. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Um, no, look, you know, um, I don't belong anywhere else. I belong only here in Australia, so this is where I stay. Uh, but the point is, I can't leave. And that was announced yesterday. And when it was announced, someone did comment for the first time in Australia's history, Australians are not allowed to leave. Now, 
any one of these moments, yeah, announcements, had you told me that an announcement like that was even likely or possible, um, if you had told me that three months ago, that it was possible that that would be announced in three months' time, I would have thought you were bonkers, nuts, you know, mad. Uh, but here we are. Now, there's announcements like that every day. Um, I, I fully expect within the next 24 hours, uh, because Scott Morrison has said schools will not close. You know? um, so I fully expect an announcement in which he says all schools are now closed. You know? uh, oh, here's another one. Um, the AFL footy season kicks off tonight. Uh, now, there was an excellent chance that that was going to be called off the entire season. And the cricket's been called off. That has never happened in since cricket started. When was that? 1850-something? 18, we haven't had that before. Um, the AFL footy season, I'm amazed it's even going ahead tonight. Um, but for the first time in history... Um, the AFL, uh, there, there'll be a game tonight, Essendon versus Richmond, with no one in the audience. Um, the stands will be empty. Fans are banned from going. Um, I fully expected the footy to be called off, actually, uh, this morning. Uh, yes, or was it last night? See, um, and I think it should have been. So... The fact that it was possible for the AFL season to be called off last night, you know, and I and and the fact that it was, po- you know, the fact that I could even think it was probable, um, if you had have told me three months ago that I'd be turning that and rolling that around in my head, I would have said you're mad. That's not going to happen. Well, of course I could imagine it po- being possible. You know, I would, and and you would have said, what do you think the scenario is? And I probably would have said, something big. Uh, what would stop the footy season going ahead? Um, and I would have probably, and you know, what would stop all Australians um, leaving Australia and would cause Australia to block the borders and not allow anyone in? Uh, my best guess, now that I'm thinking about it, would have been a sudden attack emanating from China or somewhere, you know. Like North Korea actually bombing the shit out of... Um, sorry for the swearing, but it just happened. Um, you know, landing a missile in South Korea and then South Korea and then that triggering an immediate response from America or something and then China going bang and then a nuclear war and suddenly all the borders are closed. I would have guessed that. I wouldn't have guessed a virus, I don't think. Uh, because we've had viruses before, but... Um, they haven't done this. I think, look, the Spanish flu, it slipped from our mind. Um, there were things like this happening back then, but we forget, you know. Um, when everyone's dead, who was there? All right, so that's that. So it's amazing. Um, now, it's insensitive for me to say it's amazing. But the fact that it's insensitive doesn't make it less amazing. Um, you know, um, uh, oh, Australia, um, it's, we've thrown our entire reserve, almost, I reckon, at the financial markets to stop us going under. 
I forget how much it is, you know. But we've reduced interest rates to 0.25% and they'll probably go down to zero or even minus 0.25 in the next day, for all I know. Um, and we've just thrown billions and billions and billions. And I think the Americans have thrown trillions at their economy just to keep it going. Um, if you had have told me that three months ago, yeah. Okay, so now, um, so the news is coming through thick and fast. And I thought what I'd do with this episode, and I'll do it later because I have to go see. Well, I'm actually at Coles outside. I'm going in there to check if there's any toilet roll. Uh, because I haven't seen any toilet roll for sale in the last week. So I've, you know, I've just come down on the off chance that I might get here when there's some there, like if the truck has just come in the last five minutes. There won't be any there. If you had told me that three months ago, you know, so on and so forth, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, I could go. And I'm only talking Australia here. The news is coming in thick and fast from the, the rest of the world as well. Well, I wonder what the most amazing news I've heard that I can actually remember right now from overseas... Um, probably, uh, Italy, excuse me, the aeroplane, yeah, the most amazing news was probably Italy shutting down, um, this, this is, the, each of these things is bigger than I can imagine, you know, uh, than, than I would have ever guessed would, would just come about in the, you know. If, if you went back two months and told me to come forward two months and told me these things were happening, um, that Italy simply was closed down. You couldn't go in, couldn't go out. Uh, that would have amazed me. And that happened like a whole week ago. Or was it two weeks, you know? All right then. Um, so that's that. Uh, so the news is thick and fast this podcast as a whole is not about getting involved uh in the debate per se it's about just experiencing a uh a big moment in history if you could go back in history and i I, look time will tell whether this one this moment in history, time will tell whether this changes the <coughs> changes the world. You know, knocks off capitalism or something. Excuse me again. And I haven't got the virus just yet. I don't think, but I wouldn't know because it's sneaky. Um, it's symptomless. Uh, I just had some macadamia nuts before, so I'm coughing a little bit. Um, caught in the throat. Uh, but, you know, I could. I could have the disease right now. In fact... I just made a run to Peter Mac on a chemo run for someone and um, wore a mask all the way in there, in the car, just in case I've got it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Okay, so that's that. Um, uh, So, you know, we are in the middle. Now, if you could go back in time to uh, that couple of weeks after Julius Caesar was stabbed, you know, and you had some, uh, and, and you could see the headlines in that period of time, there would have been correspondence going around. Um, would you go back there just to experience that? 
Well, yes, you know, but there was a lot of killing going on, you know. But what would be your, you know, as you, you know, you as you go back there, why are you going back there? You know, you're going back there, I think, to just experience an epochal, is that a word, epochal? You know, a, a moment when the world changed. Uh, you know, when the Roman Republic stopped and the Roman Empire started. You know, out of this right now, is the United States Republic going to stop and is the United States Empire going to start? Is Donald Trump going to um, get killed before the next election, which is later in this year? Will democracy die this year in the form of being able to have that election? You know, how are we going to get the people out there to vote? Because all the electronic systems they've tried to put in place in America have been a dismal failure so far. So how are they going to... Let, let's say this thing digs in, this virus. How are the wheels of democracy actually going to even work in order to vote Donald Trump in or out? And when his term runs out, what does he become? A caretaker president? That looks a lot like a dictator to me, unelected. You know, and um, and if he sits there for a whole six months unelected, and um, and declares a big enough emergency, such that um, elections have to be called off, um, where does that leave democracy? You know, could this moment in history um, knock off the current world order? Well, maybe not. But maybe. Um, look, right now, China is cashed up and actually uh, recovering well from its hit of COVID-19 because it's got the discipline to get out of a virus. Um, it locked itself down very well, um, brutally. And I don't think we've got the uh, discipline to do that or, you know, we have our dicta our leaders haven't got a heavy enough club to keep us indoors um, in the same way that China has. So we've got this situation right now already where, you know, there was a moment there a couple of weeks ago when China was virus-ridden and the rest of the world was okay. But now it's flipped. It's flipped. Uh, and China is just now going back to work and seems to have recovered and the rest of the world is on its knees. Now, the, the world economy is tanking, um, so uh, stock markets are crashing all over the world, every country, um, and uh, China is cashed up right now. It can buy up everything. Now, a lot of people are gonna go bankrupt, a lot of people are going to have to sell their land. Who's cashed up? China, you know? Um, and you might say there are regulations to stop China uh, buying up lots of shares and lots of land and lots of companies and everything in Australia and in America and in every other country. Well, those regulations. What if the people of Australia are begging the Australian government to let China do that? Because they're hungry a month from now. Yeah. What if the crisis is big enough? Yeah, crises hit Rome too, and Rome was a lot more powerful than us. The crisis of the third century, you know, um, that changed everything too. 
Rome was really crisis after crisis with, you know, nice little um, famous bits in between for its entire 2,000-year history, you know. But we might be at one of those crisis moments too, ushered in by this virus. Am I overstating um, this virus? Uh, I think I'm not. I actually think I'm not. Look, you might be listening to this two months from now and say, hey, it all died down. Okay, all right. But that doesn't mean I was wrong in thinking that, um, you know, in betting that it will blow even badder. You you say, you know, and you might be here two months from now listening to this and say, no, no, it didn't blow badder, you know. Um, So you're a bad predictor. And I say, no, it's a good prediction. It just didn't turn out that way. What? Says someone, you know, listening to this two months from now. And I say, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, forget about it. Um, There are people that make prophecies that are wickety-whack and other people that make predictions that are based on very sound reasoning and the wickety-whack guess gets up and the likely thing that was going to happen that was predicted by that other person who's much more sensible and knows a lot more about what's going on, um, that prediction doesn't come true and the wickety-whack one gets up and then, you know, all the um, chattering people uh, say, oh my goodness, a great prophet. That person has special insight, you know, and is in touch with the vibrations of the universe. But that, you know, in actuality, that person remains wickety-whack and the other one was smarter. Yeah. Now, I'm not smart, by the way. You know, I'm actually not. I'm, I, in this entire mini-series on coronavirus, which I'm doing at the moment, and in this podcast as a whole... Uh, I haven't, I'm not coming up with any ideas myself. I get them from others. Um, And I'm just, you know, I'm just rolling around ideas from other people um, and considering them. But, you know, I'm not pushing any of my own ideas or my own opinions. I doubt that I've ever, I doubt that I've ever had an original idea. Yeah. Um, It's very hard to have an original idea, as I've said many times. Yeah. so, um, yeah, I actually, my bet is that this is the biggest thing um, since World War Two. Now, it may not transpire. It may not end up being that, you know. It may all die away and we have a quick recovery because after this all dies down, there will be a bounce, I, you know, most likely. Markets will go up again. But it doesn't have to go that way. It could trigger a war. It could trigger, as I said, China buying up the world. Um, you know, China's been putting its head down and um, becoming the world's factory and the rest of the world let it. And this might be the rest of the world's comeuppance. Caught napping, the whole lot of us. Uh, and, and if so, serves us right, you know. Um, like Africa, for example, and this is just the one, the first one that jumped in my head, a lot, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, England and all the other European powers um, went in and brutally uh, colonised and raped Africa in the scramble for Africa. I mean, another way to read that is, hey, Africa, you got caught happy." You know, blame yourself a little bit, you know. Now, if we get... Now, that sounds really cruel, but it might happen to us now. We may cop it in the neck now. And if we are... You know, if, if I say to you now, if uh, China ends up pretty much owning Australia out of this, and I say to you, I think that's our fault 
for putting ourselves at risk of that, for making ourselves so weak such that if a virus came along, we would be caught napping. Um, would you say that's a, you know, that's an arguably valid point, you know, that Australia pretty much got what it deserved by not staying strong, not keeping its manufacturing. We can't even make cars anymore. And we were one of the, you know, we were a vibrant car-making uh, nation up until about five years ago, you know. We've given it all away. We can't even make cars, really. We're, you get de-skilled very quickly and all the plants are rusting, right, and being dismantled, you know. If I crash my car now, I'm not sure I can get some parts because the parts come from... Well, South Korea in that case, but uh, I'm pretty sure exports are out at the moment. So, you know, these are the things, these are the things. Now, if I say to you that um, if Australia ends up the virtual slave of China out of all of this, and that I think that's Australia's fault, you know, would you say that that's a fairly reasonable point I'm making? And if so, you know, was it Africa's fault that it got caught napping when Europe did that to them? You know, Europe, you know, a lot of Africans, you know, they sort of say, oh, you know, the, um, the English and all that, they came here and they, they just um, completely smashed us, smashed us, smashed us over and over again. They were cruel, they were nasty, you know, all that sort of stuff. You sort of say, why did you let them? Now, there's reasons for that. You know, industrial revolution and all that sort of stuff. But if that's part of the getting caught napping process, you know, that sort of thing. And we may be in one of these moments and maybe it's our turn now. Um, jokingly, in this podcast even, I think, I've said over the times that one day we might cop it in the neck. You know, people say, oh, you know, white privilege and all that sort of stuff. I said, don't be too sure, you know. And I've actually said that, you know. Um, it's like to go and find me saying that in this podcast because this podcast has been going for like a thousand hours of speaking off the top of my head for you to find it would be like me saying it's in the bible as well but you're not going to read the whole bible to find it out so you'll have to just trust me uh or don't i don't care um but the point is i said uh, you know indigenous australians and um european australians have been you know going hammer and tongs trying to get reconciliation going and I actually said this one but it wasn't original other people say it too and I say wouldn't it be funny if we just get there we finally get there we get to reconciliation and European Australians and Indigenous Australians finally get it together one Australia two cultures you know getting along really well you know combine our constitutions so to speak and all that sort of thing um happy days and then we turn around and we just and we realise at that moment, oh, the only reason we're equal is because we're both slaves to China. Maybe this is the moment when this starts to happen. Um, um, so that's that, you know. Now, I'll finish off this episode. Yeah, I could go on and on like that, obviously, and I probably will in episodes that are coming up. I could go on and on about that. Um... But um, what I'll do just to finish off, I'm go- later, I'm going to just jump on my phone uh, and I don't have much rubbish because I've blocked everything, that, uh, you know, everything on my news feed over, over the past year. Um, I've blocked everything 
that has ever given me a stupid article. So yeah, I'm, I'm left only with things like the BBC and the ABC. Um, yeah, and they can throw up some stupid stuff too. But, you know, in the main, the, the only news feeds I've got left are uh, fairly sensible um, mainstream journalism fairly sensible you know um so i'll scroll through what i've got on coronavirus and it'll almost be a little diary of these times that i'm going through right now which are the most amazing times and i just feel like putting it down look i don't need to facebook and all that sort of stuff we've got we've got social media now we didn't have social media when princess diana died for example which was a big moment too which i i actually wrote a diary about that at the time I thought she hadn't died, you know, um, after the car crash. And then suddenly I realised she had. I'm I'm writing all of this in my diary as I'm going, you know. That's called in the moment, you know. And there's something to be said about that um, rather than, you know, all the books that will be written about this period that we're living through now yeah, you know, all the books that will be written a year from now or ten years from now, uh, these will be boffins with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's it's kind of more interesting in, interesting in a way hearing it in the moment when I don't even know how it's going to turn out yet. It'll all be obvious to you listening to this two years from now, and you'll be able to say, well, it was it was obvious if you looked at it clearly, Charlie. You know, if I, you know, if I was back in your time, I would have joined the dots there because you can see how it all panned out. And I'll say, no, 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 you come back here into this time and you tell me, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you a lobotomy so that you don't know how it pans out and you tell me again what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. And it is exciting on that level, but only on that level. Now, arguably, you could say, as I said earlier, I have you know it is wrong this big word called wrong for me to um be fascinated by what's going on in the world given that people will suffer and die and you know go bankrupt and people lose family businesses that have been around it for generations or terrible things are going to happen including possibly to people i love and know yeah but that does not take away from the fact that it is a, a world-changing event at, you know, at a bet by me. And it does not take away that it is interesting on that level. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost commentating on this moment that we're living through now from the perspective of someone who's living 100 years from now and the people who are dying right now won't matter. That sounds shocking, but I haven't heard anyone crying about anyone in the Spanish flu or, you know, the plague, the bubonic plague back in medieval times in Europe. Uh, Oh, that was in China and everywhere else too. Um, The bubonic plague, you know, that's an interesting one. I I listened to a podcast about the bubonic plague. I think it came up the Nile and then right across. And there were other plagues too. There was an unseasonable um, weather pattern one year and bubonic plague got up the Nile, as it wouldn't normally, and got across the desert and into Constantinople and then into the Fertile Crescent and then off it went, you know. These things can happen. Um, But when people talk about, for example, the plagues that uh, ushered in or helped the fall of Rome, 
the Western Roman Empire. I haven't heard anyone, um, you know, sort of being heartbroken by all the deaths back then. Um, as they talk about all of that, they're looking at it more dispassionately, shall we say, you know. What a fascinating time, you know, and it's well worth studying. Well, so is now, you know. That's, that's where I'm coming from. And you might say, well, you know, no, you, you have a responsibility to be sympathetic in your time. And it doesn't, you don't have to be sympathetic in other people's times, you know. But then again, um, Indigenous Australians, for example, have taught us to live in all times at once, to live in a constant state of dreaming where, the pe- where people who have suffered 2,000 years ago are just, you know, they, they, that hurts you just as much as someone suffering someone you don't know suffering on the other side of the world in today's today today you know why does someone dying right now in italy yeah because they're losing having lots of deaths 470 i think yesterday um why does one of those people matter to me more than um someone who died of um bubonic plague back in medieval europe why should that person matter to me, you know? Because you've got a responsibility for your time. Who says, say I? Who says? Are you making that rule up as you go along? Huh? Well, there are reasons why, you know. Look, you could defend such a position. But the point is, one way or another, this era we are living in right now, suddenly living in right now, is historically fascinating. We are living another moment in history. And I've lived a couple in my life, not many, Vietnam, you know, that changed the world, but I wasn't aware of it. You know, I was too young. September 11, that changed the world. Um, There's been a few, not many. There's been more slow-burning ones, the rise of China. Um, You know, the, the, the way we've shifted manufacturing and technology and knowledge away from the West, as you might call it broadly, and shifted that across to China so that they could do the work for us and allow us to have a style of living that we wanted to feel accustomed to, you know, much like um, uh, the, um, the white southerners of America imported heaps of slaves in um, so that they could have a lovely lifestyle, um, but they brought so many in that, well, they uh, did themselves in in the end and, uh, you know, and we might do ourselves in too on this occasion and so on and so forth. But as I say, I will um, read out a few headlines just for my own amusement afterwards, which will comprise just a moment in time in one of the moments in history that matters which is March 2020, yeah. Um, okay, so that's that, and that's coming up next. Uh, oh, by the way, there's another record of what's going on too at the moment. A massive record of that. Um, everything on social media. We, we didn't have that in the old days, you know. Um, so this podcast will be drowned in, this, in the sludge and flood that is all the commentary live commentary on 
uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, that exists in the world today. Um, so, you know, it, my, this um, episode will be as hard to find as, and I'm just thinking of something here, the Ark of the Covenant that has been um, filed in some warehouse in the United States according to the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know it's there, but you'll never find it. Same goes for this episode. Yeah, that's a wonderful anonymity. At the same time as having this episode in the ether, um, it's there, but it's not. Just simply because the volume is too seriously big. (laughs) All right, so just for my own amusement, yeah, because right there I proved no one will ever find this episode in realistic terms, you know. Um, So right now, now I'm going to read out a few headlines and just see what I think of them. Um, not to have an opinion on them, but just to note them and if there's something amusing or bemusing about each one, I'll make a comment about it. But it, you know, in my real life, you know, I'm doing this whole episode, you know, podcast in under a fake name. In my real life, I might have an opinion each way. You know, I think the school should close, actually, even though Australia hasn't closed the schools yet. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter what I think, my real self. This podcast is written by a fake person called Charlie Threadbow, a name I made up, and um, Charlie Threadbow doesn't really care. So, you know, it's Charlie making any commentary on the episodes, that, uh, sorry, on the headlines that are coming up. Charlie, not me, whoever I am, doesn't matter who I am, I'm nobody, I'm dead already, you know, for your purposes. You, know, you might be listening to this 50 years from now, and I am dead, you know. And, yeah, there's no record of who I was. Okay, that's not morbid, I'm just saying. Um, This podcast is not about me. Okay, the headlines. And some of them are pretty funny. Uh, I'll just do one, maybe two from memory. Uh, There was one thing I read today... Uh, was and it was someone uh, I should have thought of this before I started speaking it was um, what was it oh it was someone defending China because um, some people have been referring to the this virus which I call coronavirus and the reason I do that is because I think it sounds catchy I know it's more correct to say COVID-19, but I like saying coronavirus because it just sounds great. Uh, And uh, someone was trying to defend China um, against people who are referring to it as the China virus. Donald Trump, notably, has been calling it that. And the person um, in question... uh, you know, with all the best intentions, was saying um, it's not a China virus, it's a bat virus. A bat virus. He was saying um, bats don't speak Chinese. Stop stigmatising the Chinese. It's the bats that caused this. Now, if I was China, yeah, I'd be uh, 
ringing that guy and saying, listen, I know you're trying to help, but can you not? Because <laughs> that isn't helping us at all. You know, um, number one, where uh, you're, you're stating it as fact that this thing came from bats. And right now in China, we're trying to claim that the US manufactured the virus and then uh, pushed it across to China. And it's all the fault of the US. Not all of us, but, you know, there was a high-ranking Chinese official that has started running that line. Propaganda. Nothing unusual about that, you know. But I'd be saying to China, I'd, I, if I was China, I'd be saying to this bloke, please don't help. You know, I know you're doing, you know, I know you've got the best of intentions, but don't help. And, um, and I'd also be saying, and, um, and when you say that, that it definitely came from bats and that it's the bats' fault... Um, all you're going to, you know, if people are going to lock that into their heads, they're going to then ask who eats bats, you know, and it's people like the Chinese and a lot of Asian countries. So the thing you're going to get people pointing the finger at us. Do you know people were kind of forgetting a little bit about that, the whole bat angle, because everyone's been preoccupied with just fighting the damned thing. You know, and now here are you trying to defend us, and you're um, and you're drawing attention to the theory, and it's only a theory that it came from bats, and everyone knows that we have wet markets and we eat bats. You know? So please don't help. Yeah, you know, that's what I'd be saying if I was the Chinese. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, people with the best of intentions. So that was one thing on the bat angle. Um, and uh, what was another one? There was another one. Um, excuse the noise. Uh, what was the other one? Um, someone said something. I'll remember it in a minute. I don't mind wasting your time, obviously. Uh, da -da -da -da. What was it? it was something to do with bats. Oh! Yes, somebody texted me something from the world of social media and it read... Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, excuse me, g'day. Um, actually, later. Actually, I don't have to remember it. It's sitting in a text. Okay, here it is. Uh, and it is from the wonderful world of social media and someone sent it to me. But I actually liked this meme. Um, it, this meme is the sort of meme I would make, I think. Never, ma never made one, actually. Okay. And someone asks a question, which sounds rhetoric, which I like, you know, because they're not telling you what to think. The person's not telling you what to think. At least I think the person's not telling us what to think. Sometimes people ask a rhetorical question because they're trying to uh, sneakily tell us what to think. But I think this one's genuine. Why do you keep calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus? Oh, no, that's not it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, this wasn't the one I was going to talk about, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking about this anyway now that it's here. 
Um, okay, this is someone, this is a meme where someone's lecturing Donald Trump, I just realised. I'm sure I had another one. Okay, uh, and, and I may come up with the other one after. But this is what it's like in the moment, in this moment in history, if you're reading this 10 years from now. Um, okay, someone is saying, why do you keep calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus? There are reports of violence against Chinese Americans. Uh, Donald Trump replies. It comes from China, that's why. I don't know if Donald Trump did reply like that, you know. Maybe that was a, an exact quote, you know. Oh, and then someone says at the bottom, thoughts? Uh, excuse me. Uh, someone at the bottom says, thoughts? Okay, so that's all right. So there's this little, inter there's this little dialogue that's happened. Um, it, this is the one I was thinking of. Someone's asked Donald Trump, why do you keep calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus? Well, my answer to that is probably probably political and maybe a little bit racist too. You know, that, that's if I was answering that question, but I'm not. There are reports of violence against Asian Americans, I think it says. See, it's a bit obscured, some of this, you know, from the screenshot. Right. And Donald Trump replies, it comes from China. That's why. And then someone else has said at the bottom just one word with a question mark on the end and the one word is thoughts now that one word I like okay because I think that person is being genuinely rhetoric and I can't um, I can't uh, perceive that that person from that one word is trying to get us to think be on Donald Trump's side or the other person's side you know um, right um, so I think you know, this person is um, triggering a genuine dialectic, which is even better than a debate in my book. You know, a dialectic where people chat to try and come up with, with, um, with a good answer, you know. Okay, some, some good information, good knowledge, you know, good insight, good insight. A dialectic, you know, you have a dialectic, which is a lot, a lot like a debate, but the two parties are not opposing each other. You know, it's not a competition to see who wins. A dialectic is where you're both trying to win. All right, excuse me. It's a bit noisy, just wait for that. I've just been on a hospital run and that's where I am. Now, um, Okay, oh, well, so we had, we had our thoughts. Someone I, I text my, um, and my friend, you know, just to get the dialectic going. And remember, neither of us are trying to win and neither of us are trying to find Donald Trump in the right or the other person in the right. We're just discussing this thing, you know, what we make of it. You know, it's not a debate. Right. His logic is not flawed, you know, is the text from my uh, you know, dialectic partner. Yeah, because Donald Trump said, I call it the Chinese virus because it comes from China, that's why. You know, so uh, my friend kicks off with, um, you know, by moving a pawn to uh, spaces forward, you know. Um, his logic is not flawed. To which I reply, true. And then I said, but it's equally logical to call it COVID-19 or the 2020 virus, or all sorts of names. 
So it comes down to, now I should have written perhaps, you know, because it's not for me to say. So it comes down to why so eager to call it the Chinese virus if you have so many choices. Personally, I've decided to call it the coronavirus, even though COVID-19 is most likely technically the best of all names for it being the most scientific. But the reason I chose that is I like the sound of it. When I talk about it, it's catchy. And everyone knows what you're talking about. They never say, I'm confused. Do you mean SARS? MERS? Or COVID-19? You know, when you say coronavirus. And then my friend, you know, just keeps pushing it. Um, yes, I mean, yep. But the thing is, he, being Trump, wasn't illogical. Yeah, in saying that it is a Chinese virus. Well, the Chinese are disputing that, but that's a whole other story. Let's just let's just buy into the idea that it started in China because it does appear to have. You know, we don't know how it started. Maybe bats. Maybe you know it escaped from a, a virus making factory. You know, maybe the United States did send it over there to poison the Chinese and then got poisoned themselves. You know, um, the gun backfired. You know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yep, says my friend, but the thing is, he wasn't being illogical. That's Donald Trump. He wasn't being illogical in saying it's the Chinese virus. Uh, very true, I replied, and neither was Hitler, you know, being illogical in some of the things he said, you know. Uh, look, I think um, Hitler was saying things like, the Jews don't belong here in German land, you know, Deutschland. Um, and, you know, there's an argument for that. They belong down in Semitic lands, you know, down in... Uh, the Fertile Crescent, um, down, you know, in Jerusalem, you know. It's not Hitler's fault that Hadrian sort of smashed him out of there and pushed him up into Germanic lands, you know. Um, and, um, you know, illogical, 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 what's that mean? All right, so you've got two ancient tr mobs um, in the time of the Nazis. You've got Semitic-style people or Semitic-thinking people, and you've got Germanic-style people. Um, now, if... You know, maybe Hitler had Stone Age thinking, you know, because we if we were back in the Stone Age, may, you know, one of those mobs might have tried to knock off the other mob, make it disappear, you know, genocide it, render it non-existent. You know, we didn't think that was such a bad idea many thousands of years ago. You know, we, prob we may well have knocked off the Neanderthals deliberately. You know, and nobody's these days is saying that that was an illogical idea. Let's say there was a competition for limited resources and all that sort of thing in ancient times. Look, what if the ancient Homo sapiens just simply didn't want to be on the same planet as the Neanderthals and just knocked them all off? Is that an illogical sort of thing to do, you know? Now, you might say, well, yeah, but, you know, um, the Jews and the um, Germans... Now, I'm talking about the, um, you know, the kind of um, genetic... Oh, I don't even know if it's genetic or whatever. But the point is, neither did anyone then. DNA hadn't come along by then, you know. So people were still wondering whether we were all the same species. There was no evidence that we were, Europeans were the same species as Indigenous Australians. 
They might have ended up different species. I mean, you've, we've got hindsight now and we know that they are the same species and it all sounds ridiculous now, um, wondering whether Indigenous Australians are different species from, uh, let's say, what, you know, Kenyans, which are different from Chinese people and all that sort of stuff. You say, what? this is absolutely ridiculous. We've all got the same DNA, for goodness sake. You know, but we know that now. I think that came after World War II. They didn't know that then. Everyone was just guessing back then. So it wasn't illogical to guess that we might be different species. It was just as logical as guessing that we were all the same. One big, beautiful humanity, you know. There was no logic to the idea that we're all one species back then, is there? Whenever, I'm not sure when DNA uncovered the, the uncomfortable truth. Yeah. Look, there there are minor variations, you know. We, you know, the African Africans are pretty much 100% Homo sapiens, and we Euros are a bit Neanderthal, and Indigenous Australians are a bit Denisovan, apparently, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the point is, you get my point. Hitler wasn't necessarily being illogical, and neither is Trump being illogical. There, right? What did we go on with? Did we say any more? Um, and neither was Hitler. I said. Uh, my guess is that whoever put that post up wasn't telling us how to think. Look, maybe they were. I don't know. And, but if they were, I don't know which way. Um, which is the sort of post I like. People who come up with dialectic topics. When he or she says thoughts, question marks, this is very much the language of dialectic, not even debate. Thumbs up from me. That's what, that's what I said there. Now, Donald Trump... Um, yeah, look, it gets down to why, you know, finish, I'm finished that. It, you know, I'm being a philosopher here, but I think if Donald Trump wants to call it a Chinese virus, you know, um, if you want to claim that he's just being as descriptive as he can, you know, I think you're being willfully um elusive tricky and all sorts of things he's doing it on purpose he's a politician for goodness sake you know he doesn't like you know and he's you know in the middle of a uh, war of words and trade with the chinese come on <laughs> are you really going to run the line that donald trump was just trying to be as descriptive as he could be you know, because that would be the only reason that he would choose. Yeah, you know, look, look, Chinese virus. It doesn't matter whether he's being Ill, uh, illogical or logical. Look, he is being logical. You know, for all intents and purposes, it, it is it is a virus that comes from China. But um, yeah, and I'm not you know I'm not being a Trump lover or a Trump hater here. But he's done. For, you, for one to say that he is simply being logical, because that's the inference, he's simply being logical, you know, um, by referring to it as a Chinese virus. For, for, to run that with a straight face, you know, you are claiming that the only thing that's on his mind is being as descriptive as he can be. And if you know Donald Trump, and uh, you know that that's a damned lie. <laughs> so he's not just being, oh, 
you know, innocently logical. He's not being innocently, lo innocently logical. No way. You know, I don't accidentally call it a Chinese virus. <laughs> I'm trying to be as, you know, I chose the word that was most descriptive for me, and that was, that's coronavirus, you know. Um, if I started calling it a Chinese virus, there'd be a reason for that. It's because I want everyone to, you know, I want to draw attention to the fact that the Chinese started it, the bastards, and I think that there's no way that Donald Trump isn't thinking that. Um, so, he's not being, you know, flower girl logical. Yeah. Now, the inference, you know, I'm just developing this idea as I'm speaking, you know, I didn't say all this in the text. Um, right, he's, uh, and now the person said thoughts, you know, on Donald Trump, saying it came from Chinese, that's why I call it, uh, it came from China, that's why I call it a Chinese virus, you know, uh, Donald Trump is being willfully misleading there, no doubt about it, because he's doing it for another reason, he knows that most people in the world are calling it a coronavirus, or COVID-19, and he knows, um, that he is now suddenly swimming against the tide. You know, he's hearing millions, you know, like he, he watches social media and one or two TV channels, I believe, and he would be seeing an endless, endless reports of coronavirus, you know. That's what he'd be seeing all day long. Coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. And then, you know, he knows the whole world's calling it that. Hardly anyone's calling it the Chinese flu. And um, he stands up on a podium and he says, I want to talk about the Chinese flu. And um, the only reason I'm doing that is because it came from China. <sighs> Can I swear? Uh, I will, just for fun. I really swear. But I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> That, that, that's a nice way to finish the episode, actually. That'll do. Yeah.